air bites shrewdly. It is very cold. It is a nipping and an eager air. What hour now? I think it lacks of twelve. No, it is struck. Indeed? I heard it not. And it draws near the season wherein the spirit held his wind to walk. What does this mean, my lord? The king doth wake tonight and takes his rouse, keeps wassail, and the swaggering upspring reels. And as he drains his draughts of Rhenish down, the kettle drum and trumpet thus bray out the triumph of his pledge. Is it a custom? I marryest. But to my mind, though I am native here and to the manor born, it is a custom more honoured in the breach than the observance. This heavy-headed revel, east and west, makes us traduced and taxed of other nations. They clap us drunkards, and with swinish phrase, soil our addition. And indeed it takes from our achievements, though performed at height, the very pith and marrow of our attribute. So oft it chances in particular men, that for some vicious mole of nature in them, as in their birth, wherein they are not guilty, since nature cannot choose his origin, by the all-growth of some complexion, oft breaking down the pales and forts of reason, or by some habit that too much or leavens the form of plausive manners, that these men carrying, I say, the stamp of one defect, being nature's livery or fortune's star, his virtues else be they as pure as grace, as infinite as man may undergo, shall in the general censure take corruption from that particular fault. The dram of evil doth all the noble substance overdaub to his own scandal. My lord, it comes. Angels and ministers of grace defend us. Be thou a spirit of health or goblin damned, bring with thee airs from heaven or blasts from hell. Be thy intents wicked or charitable, thou comest in such a questionable shape that I will speak to thee. I'll call thee Hamlet, King, Father, Royal Dane, oh, answer me. Let me not burst in ignorance, but tell why thy canonized bones, hersed in death, have burst their cerements. Why the sepulchre, wherein we saw thee quietly inurned, hath oped his ponderous and marble jaws to cast thee up again. What may this mean, that thou dead corpse again in complete steel revisit thus the glimpses of the moon, making night hideous and we fools of nature so horridly to shake our disposition with thoughts beyond the reaches of our souls? Say, why is this? Wherefore? What should we do? It beckons you to go away with it. As if it's some impartment to desire to you alone. With what courteous action it waves you to a more removed ground. But do not go with it. No, by no means. It will not speak. Then I will follow it. Do not, my lord. Why, what should be the fear? I do not set my life at a pin's fee. And for my soul, what can it do to that? Being a thing immortal as itself, it waves me forth again. I'll follow it. What if it tempt you toward the flood, my lord? Or to the dreadful summit of the cliff that beetles o'er his base into the sea, and there assume some other horrible form which might deprive your sovereignty of reason and draw you into madness? <sighs> Think of it! The very place puts toys of desperation without more motive into every brain that looks so many fathoms to the sea and hears it roar beneath. It waves me still. 
Go on, I'll follow thee. You shall not go, my lord. Hold off your hand. Be ruled, you shall not go. My fate cries out and makes these petty artery in this body as hardy as the Nemean lion's nerve. Still am I caught. Unhand me, gentlemen. <laughs> By heaven, I'll make a ghost of him that lets me. I say away. <laughs> go on, I'll follow thee. He wakes his desperate with imagination. Let's follow. Tis not fit thus to obey him. Have after. To what issue will this come? Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. Heaven will direct it. Nay, let's follow him. 